I think what's happening now is that OTTs are looking at creating a special channel for theater. We have also had some queries from OTT platforms, which have asked us to uh, submit some scripts, some videos of our performances. They want to invite us to their studios in Delhi, Bombay, and shoot them, and then it is going to be put on the OTT. So it's going to be like a channel for theater. Namaste. and welcome to indian artpreneur i am your host shwet nag on the world theater day annually observed on march 27th theater practitioners schools and enthusiasts mark this day in their own unique ways so we at indian artpreneur wanted to make this episode special by inviting mr balakrishnan venkatraman the founder and artistic director of theater nisha theater nisha is based in chennai Balakrishnan was awarded the Charles Wallace scholarship to attend an international residency for young directors with Royal Court Theatre London. In 2017, he was awarded the Fulbright Distinguished Award in Teaching. In 2018, the Rotary Club of Madras East conferred the Dronacharya Award on him for his contribution to theatre education. In 2019, he won the Hindu Playwright Award for his play Sordid. which premiered at Natarani Amphitheater in March 2020 so let's talk to Balakrishnan Venkatraman hi bala welcome to indian entrepreneur it is really an honor to have you on our show thank you thank you so much could you tell me about your childhood what was your interest back then okay uh childhood i mean from what i can uh, remember now uh I liked I like to listen to stories and uh, I mean we are also talking about a time when uh, joint families were prevalent so I lived in a joint family system I had my uh, grandmother you know my 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 uncles and aunts so there was a lot of uh, storytelling uh, which um, which I believe was also a certain form of you know kind of inculcating a particular uh, Uh, education which possibly was uh, community based or caste based at that time but you know it still was an education which was being uh, uh, imparted in terms of stories from the mythologies from the puranas and uh, you know there was this inspiration always to engage in narratives so that was one of the most uh, interesting things i remember from my childhood along with the fact that uh, we used to play a lot i mean uh, it, it's it's kind of sad that i have to mention it as a separate entity because one sees it completely uh, missing in today's times that you know come evening there are children from all of from you know from everywhere in the locality who are gathering at one single spot and uh, playing together so that kind of an interaction was something which actually used to make us uh, very excited you know that tomorrow hey there's going to be a cricket match there is going to be this game they are going to play or you know going to sit together and listen to stories so these were the things which i believe i was really interested in the childhood and i loved to make um, weapons out of twigs and branches which were lying around you know steal a piece of cord from my house and make a bow get some you know figure out some arrows sword fighting so all and i think this was inspired more from the mythology stories that one was uh, hearing but uh, to to listen to stories 
to read stories uh, to interact with people on a physical uh, basis in that sense i think those were the things which uh, kept one alive and interested in, uh, in in one's childhood where did you grow up uh, bala i was born and uh, brought up in delhi so i i i i was born in 1973 and till uh, 1998 2000 i lived in delhi and it was only in uh, 2000 that i kind of moved uh, to chennai and since then i have been in chennai but uh, my cradle language in that sense was uh, hindi so even today for me hindi is kind of my first uh, language okay that's interesting i would like to know about the books that had profound influence on you uh if i were to start from my childhood then the yes. books that i was really excited uh, about uh, were i mean literally everything from the uh, amar chitrakathas so i was a great fan of amar chitrakathas and they used to have a great i mean even today when i am directing plays i can i can uh, see that uh, inspiration still existing in terms of how i form my frames on uh, stage and how i kind of try to uh, create the same excitement that i felt when i was reading the amar chitrakatha uh, you know uh, in in my plays uh, today so i think i started with amar chitrakatha which i think all children of that age started uh, with it was around 6th class that my interest suddenly also went in the direction of uh, literature and uh, started picking up books at that time of arthur conan doyle jane austen alexander duma mark twain so again it was all about narratives and stories that started having a big uh, impact but uh, once i came in uh, i mean post college when i started my uh, drama tutelage around that time i started getting interested uh, now in books of dramatic literature uh, the mahabharata has been a great uh, uh, source of fascination for me from childhood and having started from uh, the amachatsakathas today i enjoy reading the original uh, text the translation of the original uh, uh, text and uh, books by uh, david mamet especially on acting theater script writing etc david mamet has had a great great uh, has been a source of great inspiration uh, for me apart from that uh, harari harari's books especially sapiens that again had a great uh, uh, inspiration for me it, it it was something which made me take another look at the kind of work also which i was doing so i have kind of stuck to um, literature quite a bit in that sense uh, i love umberto eco and all his essays and uh, books i have been greatly uh, i've learned a lot from his way of writing and marquez marquez with his uh, the way he creates these uh, you know imageries which are uh, on one hand fantastic at the other hand they are also on the realms of realism so marquez 100 100 years of solitude and love in the time of cholera marquez had also had a great great uh, i had a great love for marquez i kind of i think i read all the books that he has uh, written so, so i mean there been a lot of inspirations during different phases of my life but today where i stand i would say that uh, Uh, the biggest inspiration comes from the mahabharata from the works of david mamet it comes from uh, harari it comes from umberto eco i see fantastic what made you take up theater against any other disciplines uh 
well when i start i mean t- till i finished my college theater was nowhere there uh, you know e- even in the periphery in terms of figuring out what is it that i want to you know engage in in my life in that sense it always i was actually preparing uh, i mean i did my uh, graduation in economic honors so after i finished economic honors from delhi university i was uh, looking at uh, attempting the civil service exams and i kind of was preparing also for it around that time is when i kind of joined uh, the shriram center for performing arts which was a part time evening acting course of 2 hours daily for me it was more like taking a break from the academic work which was going on during the day in terms of prepare, preparing for the civil services but once i entered shriram center i kind of felt that now this is a space where i am feeling comfortable i am feeling at ease with myself i feel i am able to speak what i want and this is where i want to belong uh, although i knew that it was a horribly tough decision at that time that you know you want to quit your um, aspirations for the civil services and you want to become a theater actor i mean what does it what does it comprise of what is it going to lead to one never knew but somewhere i reached a decision this is what i want to do and even as a part time student i started uh, showing more interest in the work and uh, i was uh, taken in as an apprentice in the shriram center repertory i started touring the country with them doing plays even though my job was more like ironing costumes and carrying uh, you know those good old trunks uh, on the railway platform <laughs> yeah. but that kind of um, start that was my initiation into full time theater and once i finished my one year certificate certification at shriram center uh i mean the course open in front of my eyes was national school of drama and one new and I, no, i had no idea that if i don't get through the national school of drama then what i mean what is plan b i had no plan b when i uh, wrote the national school of drama exam and uh, as providence would have it i cleared the exam on my, in my first attempt and i joined nsd so 3 years of nsd i came out and uh, since 1994 in that sense it has been it has been a theater journey uh for me it was a lot of uh, taking risks i mean it was there were no plan b's there was no fall back but i think that's that that's a point where one decides exactly what one's going to do as long as there is an option i think we tend to go with how logic points us say this pays more or this seems safer but at the point when logic cannot work when the guts come into work, when the guts start playing i think that's when we take the decision which in our subconscious we really want to do or at least that's that, that's my uh, take on it okay <laughs> in very interesting i seem to agree with that you know really good point uh, were your parents okay with this decision or did they resist saying hey we thought you will become something else and you are trying to go with something that doesn't that doesn't pay you so much uh, i mean uh, i mean by the time i was uh, i was 18 19 years old uh my father who was uh, in the government of india he was no more he had passed on and uh, so basically the family consisted of my mother my elder brother my younger sister and uh, what's really awesome out here is that despite the situation being quite uh, tough my mother had no objections to it she absolutely had no issues with the fact that i was telling her no more attempting for an iim or an ias this is going to be what is what i want to do and i think somewhere she saw that i was being quite happy doing this and uh, so that was really something fascinating that she completely supported it 
in the sense even if she had for a second said hey you know i think you should do your civil service think of it later i think i too may have been swayed because i could see what the family situation was like i could see you know where we were and what my contribution should be but the fact that she stood by me and said hey go ahead and do this i think that gave me a lot of uh, strength and despite coming from an extremely conservative background a very typical tambram household for my mother to stand up and say this i think that was a major turning point for myself could you tell us about your experience at national school of drama because until then you were reading economics now you have to you know go through these big scripts memorize it and reproduce it how was your experience how did you learn but to be honest drama school i think it's going to be a book by itself in terms of figuring out my experiences but what drama school did was that at i mean when i entered drama school uh, like any other average uh, student who enters drama school there is a secret belief that i'm entering into this really sacrosanct society where i am going to be let into the secrets of the craft there is going to be an initiation some mantra is going to be whispered i'm going to go through it and i'm going to come out of nsd as one of the most awesome actors ever and we had our uh, you know our pass out grades to look at like nasiruddin shah ji or ompuri ji irfan and the rest of them is so many of them that's what one thought when one stepped into nsd so there was that swagger there was that little bit of ego that you know i made it here so now it's all about getting the secret astras and shastras and going out there but then you learn in nsd that no what you need to do in order to become an actor is to sweat and that hard work only you can put in no teacher is no teacher has any secret mantra to give you there is no magical formula do you have it in you to work till you break do you have it in you to sweat it out till the end can you do that and that was also very uh, it was not there in the open this was quite there in the subtext which one had to be fortunate i think to realize hey that's what nsd wants us to do so 3 years in national school of drama was continuously about trying to learn the tools of this craft understanding that this is a craft this is not an art and in order to excel at this craft you better learn the tools that you need to have with you if it's a voice you need then you better work on your voice if it means getting up at 4 am in the morning and doing your riyas you either do it or you go out as the way you came in you know nobody's going to question you there so that's what the experience at in nsd was about as a student in national school of drama we do undergo almost uh, 9 to 10 productions and quite a few scene works with uh, famous eminent uh, directors who come and work with us so as a student i never was there in terms of the casting as i always getting the main role or anything in fact the first two years i was doing quite small roles in terms of uh, the number of dialogues etc because i'm sure some actor friend out there will correct me saying there are no small roles only small actors but you know i'm talking in very tangible quantitative terms in terms of dialogues so it still was a very strong learning experience that let's understand what's happening this is not about getting casted in a school production this is about understanding that when i go out what is it that i can take with myself so in that sense i felt i was very fortunate that nsd revealed itself to me in its true form which was that this is an empty space and you are the person who can create in this now do you have it in you to strive to create or not and that was the major lesson which uh, i took from nsd 
and sometimes i jokingly also say that some of the best lessons in nsg never came from the teachers it came from the ground staff and the people who worked maintaining the gardens because they could look at us and one of them could come and say you know that listen son nsg 3 years this is a gold mine collect all the gold that you can and somewhere it hit yeah if i have to collect the gold i need to stoop and i need to scrounge in the dirt i need to learn to shift i need to figure out what separates gold from something else and that is sheer laborious hard work and that is something you need to do in order to become an actor and i'm very glad that that lesson nsd gave me right then because i don't know whether i could have had it in me after 10 years of nsd to once again get down to working hard those 3 years were about uh, sweating and i'm glad that in, in, in that that experience national school of drama gave me Uh, what is the role of theater or plays today bala uh, is it entertainment or should it carry a social message or is it both because even the films are asked the same question so i want to ask the same for theaters what is the role of theaters in i think i think this 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 question is very deep uh, and uh, one really needs to uh, travel back many many thousands of years to answer this question also like what is the role of theater on an average in today's time with a modern audience or even you know you'd ask somebody what do you think is the role of the- theater most people come up to say you know it is to either entertain or it is you know to give a social message but the truth is that theater had neither of these functions ever embedded in its dna theater was always about celebrating that hunting instinct of human beings theater was something which came up because human beings as they transferred themselves from food hunters to food growers from the hunting society as we traveled into the agrarian uh, society and we started developing rules and regulations theater became that one modality of carrying forward our hunting instincts and in order to give society a certain shape because as long as we were food gatherers and food hunters we did not have any set codes and ethics it was all there for us to follow and we were small groups there was no institution there was no concept of marriage there was no concept of hierarchy there was no caste community nothing and once agricultural revolution takes place and we become agrarian societies we see that all of this seeps in suddenly we see our society now has got hierarchy it's got hegemonies it's got a power structure it's got a caste structure we are differentiating on in terms of gender color everything comes in so how did this happen this could not have happened by magic somewhere a modality was taken in and used as a medium in order to create society the way we wanted and that medium was theater theater was used in order to build narratives so that people could develop that spirit of communion which will always keep us together you know to give us that belief in the imagined realities of everyday life you know how how, how am i going to make people within a certain geographical uh, uh, boundary feel patriotic if i were to use the word patriotic what is patriotism how does it how does it ignite itself it cannot so we need stories so we need to tell people about how valuable it is when you the son of the motherland gives up your life for the country or songs which makes us you know stream tears down our eyes when we look at a bhagat singh film we are immediately overwhelmed or rani lakshmi bai it overwhelms us how does that happen why does it happen it happens because of the power of theater that power of narrative 
which allows us to bind in a communion. And that has been the role of theatre always, whether in the Greek times when theatre was used in order to keep people under check by telling them, you may be the greatest person on earth. If you don't follow the rules and regulations, if you don't bow down to the gods, you will meet your hubris. Your harmashia will occur. Your hubris will cause you to fall. You can be Oedipus, the king of the king of, uh, you know, Thebes. But you too will go out of this country blinded like a beggar because you broke the rules. So to inculcate this fear and pity in people, Greek theatre used the kind of scripts they had and they managed to keep a reign on people. This was the initial um, function of theatre in many ways. If you look at the morality plays which were done in churches or if we were to look later at the kind of plays in, in, in some script classical theatre where you cannot cry, there cannot be anything disgusting. It had all those were no-nos. Everyone needs to go home feeling nice and high. That's what theatre needs to do. So we had these functions built in for theatre. But what we have come to realise in today's time is also that theatre, which was used to form society, can today also be used to rectify society. And this rectification of society, which needs to come in, in terms of allowing people to think and ask questions, and that becomes the function of theatre, I think, to unite everybody in one singular stream of consciousness, where then we are able to question, we are able to take steps in order to make some changes, make a difference, not to manipulate. And uh, as a teacher says, the job of theatre is not to give messages, that is the job of the post people. Theatre will only serve to create this communion within which all of us can interact with each other. Because end of the day, what theatre does is, it makes the audience develop their surrogates on stage and lead particular lives. The audience in that sense are the people who get that instigation to do something. And that I think becomes very uh, imperative in identifying the role of theatre either in today's times or 25,000 years ago. Fantastic. Well, you know, it was really good because I, I read the Sapiens book uh, by Harari and now I think you should give this idea to Harari to connect theatre in that context because I have never thought the third dimension. I was only thinking, as I said, contemplating on entertainment or carrying message because this debate often comes. What you as a filmmaker carry, but the third dimension, I think this is very, very well put. Uh, fantastic. I really like the answer. <laughs> yes. How, how are Indian plays different compared to those of the West and the story structure and everything? I think if we were to uh, look right at the, uh, at the um, onset, maybe, you know, around 3th century uh, BC, 4th century BC. We know 4th century BC, uh, Greek plays were being written. And at the same time, we have Sanskrit classical theatre being written. So both, of these, both of these structures of drama, they followed rules. So there was no wayward writing. So Sanskrit classical theatre was extremely scientific in identifying seven different methods of writing a play. So Natak or Nadagam as we call it, is one of them. There is the Ekanki, there is the Prahasan. So there are different, and there are different rules. Like if you are writing a particular play, it needs to have seven acts. Each act has to have this many scenes. And then when we look at Greek uh, theatre, again there are rules that a play should have unity of time, space and uh, action. And you know, if you are a foreigner coming into the play, 
which is the entry for you if you are a local person coming into the play which is the entry for you again you cannot show death on stage or you know only if you are a god can you be allowed to be lifted high up by the machine so there were a lot of rules and regulations which were uh, kind of uh, deciding the kind of plays to be uh, written so in india at least till they think 10th or 11th century we can see the place following these rules and regulations so we have mahendra vikram varman the king of uh, kanchi writing his mattavelasa prahasanam and possibly maybe bhagavad jugiyam he writes these two uh, plays again following the uh, dictates of the natya shastra but post the 10th 11th century as invasions into the country were uh, increasing and theater suddenly took a back seat and did not emerge for uh, many centuries wherein folk theater and classical dances were finding patrons theater the way it existed was suddenly taking a back seat again we see theater coming to the surface only with the independent struggle when folk forms like lavani tamasha terukoot were now being used in order to kind of educate the people about the the perils that the society was facing from its colonist rulers etc and then people had to step in in forms of patrons like the parsis who were among the richer people in india at that time who said hey let's do our own plays but unfortunately at that time what we had in order to look at to create our own plays were english plays which were being brought from england which were being uh, imported into india it were being played in chennai or calcutta or bombay wherever the ports were in fact chennai's museum theater is a theater which stands from that time so these were the kind of plays we were seeing so what the parsis did was they got together the best writers in india of that time like aga hashr kashmiri and many others but the kind of plays they were writing now were directly inspired by the shakespearean plays or the uh, ben jonson plays which were which the british were bringing in for their own uh, purpose so all the parsi plays which came up at that time yahudi ki beti rustam sohrab all of these had a lot of uh, inspiration and emulation from these kind of plays so the subcontinent lost many centuries in a other what could have been otherwise a logical progression of theater whereas we see in the west by the time we come to the 40s or the 50s the kind of theater they are doing has evolved quite a bit there is a certain evolution which has happened we caught on a little late to that and always we we, we never lost touch with our folk theater so we always had our folk theater we were getting these uh, new ideas of theater from the west we were we were combining both and creating theater and somewhere now where we stand we see that in india we have developed certain genres of theater which are very peculiar only to us so we have realistic plays happening which have got folk elements in it we have folk theater also happening which can suddenly uh, talk about something which is quite modern in a very uh, realistic kind of setup so i think that somewhere despite the uh, losing that many years where we have arrived at today we have created something which is very much belonging only to us and the way we identify uh, with it it is the conduit of our indian culture i mean when i say indian culture i mean the subcontinent's culture it is a conduit of all the arts which existed so you can see vestiges of it in any theater uh, performance which happens in the country today somewhere it is present so that entire string of historical theater consciousness is present today in our theater we have not lost touch with anything in our evolutionary uh, process yes 
it is of course acceptable that in the 60s and 70s maybe the kind of development especially the technological development western theater had done we did not have it i think even today somewhere we fall back in terms of technological advancement in terms of the way auditoriums are constructed for suiting theater purposes uh, uh, etc but i think that would be the difference in the nature of theater uh, possibly the way we see it in india and in the other countries oh so i didn't uh, again so much to learn from the whole uh, thing you presented uh, it was so deep uh, really i mean uh, i could say one thing is definitely what you said i couldn't directly go and find in any article or book you know so much of evolution is connected not just as it one point kind of thing you interlinked it back to the different time periods and how we evolve it uh, thank you so much it was so insightful uh, bala yeah uh, what when did the idea of theater nisha occur to you so actually after i finished national school of drama i i kind of moved to chennai so 98 i finished with drama school and i felt that i mean being a tamilian in that sense maybe i should also explore the kind of theater which is happening in tamil nadu and also maybe you know look at other mediums which can which can uh, support acting so i came to uh, chennai in uh, 98 and 98 99 i was in chennai looking for work trying to figure out what kind of uh, activities i can be involved in and um, i was getting more of film work at that time than theater work in 98 uh, 99 so but around 2000 is when i wanted to start um, acting but there were no takers for an actor uh, who had come from delhi from national school of drama so it was either that uh, so big deal if you are from national school of drama we don't have any plays out here or it was oh my god you are from national school of drama you can't fit in with us so either way i was not getting work and i was a hardcore actor i mean the kind who usually scoffs at designers and directors or who believes they are you know the most important element of theater i had no idea of design and direction i mean despite uh, i mean that's the kind of sometimes you develop a kind of a tunnel vision in nsd that i'm going to work only on acting and nothing else so when i came in 2000 i wanted to start acting there were no takers and i did not know what to do so it was a obvious choice that fine i mean it looks like we may have to create our own place to act if i am not getting any acting chances let me create my own place so that is the time i said okay if i want to create an own my own play it also means i will need to possibly start directing it so let me look at what can be done and i had approached the british council and at that time in chennai british council had a segment called as the cultural cafe and they said that they will support me to do a simple small play if i am interested and uh, so that was like uh, that was like an opening for me so i picked up harold pinter's ashes to ashes and i said fine this is what i wish to uh, work on because it had only two actors in it it's a pinter play so it was not demanding in terms of set costume etc because i had no money to do that play i think they gave us like 500 rupees and within which i had to do that play so i said all right this is what i am uh, going to do and in order to do that play uh, british council wanted me to name an institution under which i am going to do it so at that time i created the theater group theater nisha and uh, the word nisha which means twilight in sanskrit uh, it came from a play which i had done when i was in uh, college and there was a line i speak in the play which says kya yahan hai nisha yahan hai usha kahan o ab kaho 
So, I mean, there is the twilight hour is upon us, but when will it dawn? So that word Nisha for me had kind of stuck with me. So I said, fine, let's call it theater Nisha. Maybe another minute to think and I could have thought of some other name, <laughs> but it kind of stuck in 2000. Um, okay. that, that's, the, that's the way the group got formed, basically. Fantastic. Uh, what assumptions did you make back then while starting Nisha Theater? Uh, did they work in your favor or were there any surprises? One thing was that I had absolutely no idea that beyond Ashes to Ashes, this company is even going to exist because I had created it on a whim that, hey, one play, let's get over with it. And then, you know, uh, we will look at what needs to be done or not. I didn't know it at that time. And in terms of uh, actors, in terms of forming a group, also, there was a lot of uh, problems in the sense that one, I didn't know that many people. And second, at that time, I myself was around 27 years old and uh, to how to create something wherein I'm going to stand up and say, I'm a teacher, you all need to learn from me. So there was a lot of confusion about about that. It started with only two people. So it was there was there was me and there was another actor. There were only two of us, the people who acted in Ashes to Ashes. We were the first two actors of uh, Theater Nisha in that sense. But what I had started to do was that I had started to train actors. Um, which uh, in retrospect may not be a great idea. I don't think I will ever recommend people fresh out of school to start training others. But then that was something I had to do basically to eke out a living at that time. I had started training actors. And because I had done a film or two, there was uh, there was a little glamour attached to it. He's a film actor and he's training actors. So kind of some people started coming in. And these were the people I started working with first using the method which I had evolved from all that I had studied. And these were the people who slowly became the actors of my group as time proceeded. And uh, like one play led to the other play. Colleges started calling me to work with their students. So more students started working with me and they started post-college. They said, OK, we would like to come and work with you. In that sense, the group started slowly uh, growing. And some of them post-college who came to work with me stayed on for 10 years 15 years, even though they went into other vocations, other professions, they stayed with the theater group in that sense. So these were the people who finally made the group. And later it kind of became a cyclic uh, progression where I go, I, when I'm teaching in a school or a college, the students know that post-school or college, if they're interested, they can always come to Theater Nisha and figure out whether there is some kind of an uh, opening for them. So in that way, many people started joining uh, the group and other actors from other groups also started migrating once in a while to do a play. And uh, sometimes we would go and work with other groups. We formed a very nice, healthy uh, kind of uh, relationship with the other theater groups of Chennai also. And then it was like growing together kind of a thing. But at the onset, I absolutely had no idea what was going to happen. Okay. Uh, when was the first time you made profit from plays uh, after establishing Theatre Nisha? <laughs> I, I would say that till date I actually haven't made any profit, but I'm not going to count the profit only in a pecuniary sense. Uh, because even when we have lost money with a play, we have gained audience. Some person who has come to see the play has then invited us to come and perform in their state or perform for a festival or they have called us to act in a movie or something of that sort sometimes they have said we love your uh, the way you do your place can you come and train our managers basically with some kind of a concept uh, so i have spent time reading organizational behavior 
in order to associate it with theater and then use theater to teach managers about the different kinds of uh, chapters they have to otherwise read in their in, in their books and what like i said that the profit which has happened has been in terms of earning the goodwill of the people that the deal was on stage my promise is that i am only going to be honest my promise is i am not going to manipulate you i am not going to try to extract emotions out of you that's not my job out there i'm only going to be honest and tell you a story and maybe the story is something you like or maybe you dislike and if that communion is acceptable to you please come and that is the basic uh, stand on which the company itself was formed and slowly people start i think people is the biggest profit that one has uh, made it led to uh, the it led to a korean theater company called tuida who came to india uh, they had picked me to work with their uh, theater company and next year they also had uh, picked up one of my associates mira to work with the theater company so we developed a nexus with a south korean uh, uh theater company and that nexus goes on till date same way some dancers from singapore they reached out and said we would like you to act in our dance production as a sutradhara or you know in a small role or something so these kind of nexus is kept on uh developing with different people in different parts of the country and in the world and i think that was the biggest profit that came out of it in a financial sense we had to kind of balance it with our training programs our teaching programs and our teaching program by now had uh, extended to working to schools which cater to children with special needs schools which are working with uh, regular children colleges and uh, also corporate institutions which would call us for a uh, one off training module kind of a thing let's do a 3 hour workshop on conflicts using theater techniques something of that sort so developing that goodwill and developing these different kinds of nexus i think that was the biggest profit the theater company made now uh, how is the quality of theater artist graduating today uh again this is a loaded question uh in in terms <laughs> in terms of the fact that i mean um if we were looking at a traditional training uh methodology for theater actors we are talking about a basic uh, time frame of 5 years to 12 years sometimes it extends even beyond that but today we see that that is not the kind of training that one is being imparted to unless you belong to a theater group on in, in, you know in an in a continuous uh, process kind of a way so what happens is that most of the theater actors who we are looking at they are coming from uh, basically uh, they start working with some theater company something of that sort four or five plays out of it and then they start developing themselves but the deal out here now is to give yourself more time it's perfectly it's perfectly uh, okay and i would actually recommend it that a theater actor does not need to go to a school you don't need to go to an educational institution in order to become an actor but what you need to do is to practice the craft and the craft has to be practiced exactly in the same way you would have had to practice let us say if you wanted to become a carpenter and if you want to become a carpenter and the way you learn it is by accompanying the master carpenter you start by handing out nails holding the tool bag and slowly you are allowed to possibly you know hammer in one nail and then you learn then you learn then you learn 5 years 10 years into the process you are a master carpenter yourself and that is exactly the way even the theater art skills have to be picked up 
which means that you need to work with people who have established themselves as good theater workers and <coughs> learn on the go from them any course or any 15 day module or a 10 day module is not going to make an actor out of you at the best it's going to give you a glimpse into okay this is what acting may be about you know there also you will end up with surprises so end up so when we are looking at this kind of a module we rarely find people out there most of the actors we are looking at either they are from schools like national school of drama or uh, mumbai drama professionals trichur school of drama hyderabad uh, you know they have a bachelor's degree which they give in theater arts so people come out of these schools which is fine i mean you spend some years months at a particular institution you got a glimpse into the craft you possibly got an idea of how the dynamics work but now in the real world to put it into practice also needs you to work with people who can keep on having an eye on you mold you let you know even you will learn by trial and error but you need a space to do that that space i find that missing and wherever these spaces have been created for whatever reason they have become very uh, closed kind of spaces i can say the same thing for theater nisha also because as much as i want it's impossible for me to take in everyone who comes and says can we be a part of your group it's it's impossible i don't have that kind of logistics i don't have that kind of space dynamics to allow that so i do have to choose okay you know this person seems like they might be able they seem to have the disposition and the inclination so let's you know bring them in and see what happens but i'm also rejecting 10 people and i feel really bad about it but the whole deal is that we need more spaces like that to bring out better and better actors and better actors is directly equal to hard working actors so people are ready to do that hard work but where will they do that hard work you know end of the day even if you want to move the world you need to be given a place to stand so until and unless i can give you the place to stand how will you move the earth you know you cannot you you, you cannot get a fulcrum so yes. that is missing so what whenever we see actors we end up looking at a very tight coterie of actors so if you were to you know if supposing we say hey uh, count me the actors in mumbai immediately our brains go to five names six names i'm sure there are a million other brilliant actors out there but until that space is provided actor cannot uh, create themselves they cannot flourish so when we look at actors today in terms of the quality of their work we are either finding people who are come there for one play half a play they have taken a break between their work or maybe they have found some uh, some kind of sponsorship which allows them to do something or we are finding people who have been in the field for years and years and years and built for themselves that niche which allows them to exist i feel that in between people are missing i don't know whether it's a correct thing but to call it as the middle class of theater but you know somewhere it is missing people who have graduated from the basic state still have not reached a state where they can be comfortable with the work they are doing they have to support themselves in many other ways i think they are missing because we lack space we lack space in order to allow these actors to uh, flourish okay fantastic um with lot of new talents entering in the film industry we are seeing the rise of independent filmmakers including various social media platforms in the short film format are you now considering exploring this format uh i mean as far as acting in this kind of a format goes i think this has been something which has been happening for quite some time 
you know in that sense we have learned to live uh, together with even in the 80s when serials came in for a few years it looked like it's going to kill theater nobody wants to watch theater anymore but theater prevailed serials fell out you know and then what happened was something new comes in and then you had online content today you have the ott but the deal now is that theater actors do once in a while they do a go across they do otts they do films they are doing television and then they are doing theater or some of them choose to stay there and not come back here which is perfectly okay in terms of it being their choice but apart from that i think theater actors are very comfortable right now doing uh, exploring the other mediums also so the choice of not having to relinquish one in order to accept other is now with them which possibly was not there in the 80s or 90s if you wanted to go to bombay to become a film actor then i don't think you had the choice to continue theater also i mean uh, even even with actors like we see stalwarts of theater uh, the late om puri ji once om puri ji went out of nsd out of film school and he went to bombay his work in theater diminished with mr nasiruddin shah he did keep his uh, theater group alive but if you were to look at the number of plays he had done in his heydays as a hero in movies when he was really pop, uh, very busy in movies vis-a-vis now when he has taken the decision i'm going to spend more time doing theater we can see that it doesn't always allow you to do theater so somewhere that balance if you are able to create it's it i mean it serves both the purposes sometimes you take the decision that no i think i'm good with doing only cinema i'm not returning to theater sometimes you are like i don't want to do cinema i am happy with theater so you have all the options now which is a good thing i feel is theater nisha a physical space or do you rent out and how do you uh, conduct this we 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 have always uh, been uh, renting out space so uh, we rent out space and uh, till uh, Mar- last year april we had our own space uh in 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 adar but because of covid uh we kind of lost that space but we we do um work also with the with the generosity of many institutions in chennai uh who reach out and help us to use their space whenever we have a production coming up and but that's not something which is uh possible all the while but as much as possible uh, right now we are using it but uh, it's otherwise always been a fixed physical space where people meet work and everyone identifies that as theater nisha so we don't have our own space in that sense we don't own a space as of now but we do rent out and uh, work okay i i also see that theater nisha conducts several workshops on various topics lighting and uh, stage and everything how has the response been uh response has been uh, interesting we always get a nice eclectic batch of students and people who come in so it's not necessarily and we don't also run these workshops ever with a claim that you are going to become a lighting designer or you're going to become an actor after a 3 day workshop you know we tell them this is about you exploring and understanding what the deal is about sometimes we conduct workshops which are for actors who have been in the field for some years and they are looking at exploring some very singular particular aspect maybe of characterization or script analysis we do those kind of workshops also we find takers for them uh, i mean the one reason is that it, they are never overpriced we make sure that the price is something which is which can allow us to sustain which also does not make the other person uncomfortable so we always get a healthy number of people to join these workshops sometimes we have people who repeat these workshops 
and we tell them that you attended this workshop last year you you sure you want to redo it and then they are like hey no i i kind of want to refresh it so if there's no issue let me do it so there are healthy number of people who come in of course because of ott because of the film industry because of television the boom in the media also people feel they want to come for this workshop so that tomorrow when they go for an ott they can say i have done acting workshop or something of that sort you know to put it down in their curriculum vitae which is dangerous uh because a three day workshop is not going to make an actor out of you but yeah we do end up with people like that also does ott platforms uh, like amazon netflix pose a threat to theater i think what's also happening now is that otts are looking at creating a special channel for theater so we have also had some queries from ott platforms which have asked us to uh, submit some scripts some videos of our performances which they want to invite us for they want to invite us to their studios in delhi bombay and shoot them and then it is going to be put on the ott so it's going to be like a channel for theater so i think that is a fascinating marriage which is uh, happening and uh, otts always call out for theater actors to work with them uh, one main reason being that theater actors are brilliant at learning lines uh, they are very good at making sure that they can take care of a scene without disrupting it they have had the arduous experience of facing an audience so otts also know that a theater actor means they save money and time so in that sense otts also call out for theater actors so by uh, so, so so by that what have default what happens is that the existence of theater actually is very uh, beneficial to the otts so somewhere i think we are reaching the balance where theater is also helping to uh, give talent to the otts and to the film industry and the otts are reaching out to theater to offer employment and also for showcasing theater so i think a good relationship somewhere uh, is, is 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 getting created there yeah excellent that's a good opportunity mm-hmm. for the people in theater as well right yes absolutely absolutely uh, how do you approach writing your plays where do you get your inspirations from uh my initial inspirations were from mythology and from history in fact the first play i ever wrote in 2005 i think no 2004 i wrote my first play but one of the plays i wrote in 2005 which was based on sultan razia called the woman king uh it came from my basic interest in uh, history and another play which i wrote in 2004 called curse of urvashi again this curse of urvashi came from my interest in uh, mythology but of late i have been uh, working with subjects which are more relevant in terms of their political uh, ramifications my play sordid which was written in 2019 did stem from the fact that how precious a commodity water is in many parts of india and how even human life is something which can be put at stake in order to get a pot of water um my other play which was arundhati which was which which opened recently in uh, chennai and now is traveling to ahmedabad now arundhati was about basic human uh, weaknesses and insecurities even though the play has been placed has been given a mythological uh, background as where it is set in it is about two humans facing their own demons and trying to kind of placate them my next play margari which opens in april is about uh, the kind of uh, uh, the kind of situation which opens itself to dancers in chennai especially during the margari season you know what are the kinds of obstacles they need to kind of, uh, go through in order to get 
a single slot to dance you know so that is what margari is about so i think i have always been somewhere between uh, mythology history and what i feel is a story i wish to talk about in loud and clear tones without without holding back anything so the plays usually come from somewhere there is what i think how long does it take from the time you write a play till the final process of producing i usually like to finish what i'm writing in one go so in the sense i usually take about a week to finish an uh, entire play and uh, and though i do revisit it later but my first playable draft gets ready inside inside one week so i think that is that's that's around the average time which each play uh, takes because also i believe that before i sit down to put it down on paper how the play needs to fo- fall how the play is basically compartmentalized or broken up into units scenes etc that clarity i that flowchart mostly i have so then the writing part becomes kind of easy uh do you touch upon a lot of uh, humor aspects within your play um i it does come out i mean when the play is okay. played and the audience is enjoying something and having a laugh i feel ah they found that humorous but very rarely when i'm writing do i feel that it has got some uh, humor in it in the sense that when i'm writing i don't have an intention of creating humor but but yeah but but when we are talking about basic uh, very simple human interaction i think despite whatever uh, hardcore subject one is discussing and talking about humor does find its place there you know humor does uh, reveal itself uh, and it does I, and i think it's a very very close cousin of every other emotion i think so in that sense only when i when the, when the audience responds i am able to figure out okay that that there is humor there they had a laugh there so this is something which reached in a very different way than i uh, wrote so when i'm writing it i i don't think i've ever had the idea that i need to create humor here but it does get created by itself okay so one week for your writing process and rewriting process may take some time and then you will sit down and then think uh, who should be the characters or who should you go find characters for this or you already have a team you think about uh... because theater nisha now is almost 10 15 people strong i have my actors so whenever okay. i'm writing a play that play is always for them uh because these people have trained with me for 5 to 10 years i don't have to expend extra energy in explaining my method or they they already know that what is it that i will look forward to in a scene and unless i surprise them they are quite capable of designing the play by themselves also because somewhere all our ideas concepts they have all arrived at a space where we are able to understand what needs to be done together as a as a team in that sense so the actors are always from theater nisha until and unless there is a very very specific demand for a particular external characterization or a very particular age thing it's always from within the team and the team in that sense when i am casting it is not uh, gender specific so any gender can play any gender also in that sense so we it's quite fluid in that sense and uh, actors or, and sometimes when i'm writing a play itself the actors reveal themselves So as I'm writing the play before I know it I am imagining a particular actor speaking those lines and uh, so that so I feel that somewhere within I I feel this actor might be worthy to do this particular role so somewhere that also gets uh, fixated by itself 
So then it takes about two to three months of rehearsals from then, or how does it? I would say, uh, I would say that uh, nine weeks is the maximum we will rehearse. I would say that okay. yeah. So be- between a month and uh, month and uh, two and a half months. I mean two and a months. I would say for a play like we did, we did a play called the Trojan Women. Euripides' Trojan Women, and that had a huge cast. It's a difficult play, so that took some time. but otherwise you know we will usually be sticking to between a month and month and a half maximum 6 to 9 weeks i would say is our comfortable working time okay so then you get your own music done for this productions uh... yes we do we we do have we do have a few uh, musicians with us so i mean they are in the sense that they are people uh, who have their own vocation they have their own uh, classes etc but they do work very closely with us so we have a percussionist we have vocalists we have people who can play different musical instruments uh, the actors the team themselves they are trained to play musical instruments they are they are trained in dance etc so that way it is quite self uh, sustaining but we do have musicians who come to compose the music uh, for us for different kind of plays as the requirement may be okay so once we get the play done the play is ready now you want to play it uh, in in the theater uh, so you just uh, go there you have the audience how long do you keep on playing this uh, like a year you give a year time and say before you move on to the next script unfortunately the way it happens here in india is that uh, we don't have we don't we are, we are very we are not able to play uh, a particular uh, performance continuously for 30 production 30 days 15 even 15 days becomes an impossibility so here in chennai we try to do between 5 to 7 shows to start with and then after that the play needs to travel because 5 to 7 shows is the max in chennai post that we don't have an audience so then it needs to travel so we try to travel to ahmedabad or bangalore hyderabad kerala we search for different performance venues and we take the play so in a year we try to get a uh, 3 to 4 productions uh, earlier we were doing even more productions but now we are trying to get 3 to 4 productions ready and these keep traveling through the year and being performed in uh, different spaces and mostly we are Uh, aiming at taking these plays outside chennai because inside chennai my audience is only that much so we have done plays in the past which have run for maybe 14 shows 15 shows but then again that's the max uh, you max out after that there, there are no people coming to see your play after that so unlike the west where a play runs for an year or two years or three years or you know maybe a, a four or five month could be considered as a really bad run for a play what in chennai i mean when we do five to seven shows that is among the maximum number of plays anyone is doing most theater uh, plays are done for two shows one show uh, and and then the those plays vanish yeah do you uh, record and put it on on your uh, website we do video record all our plays for documentation purpose it was only during the covid time that we started understanding that you know we can reach an international audience if these plays are shot better etc but immediately what happens is in a theater company it adds to the expenses so if 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 so when last year there were four plays which i had recorded and put up for for basic uh, consumption in the in the entire uh, in the world market 
so there were girish karnad's crossing to talikota my own play death of jayadratha and two short stories of manjula padmanabhan so now when we are these plays were not done for the audience they were shot uh, they were shot on a stage without an audience because we wanted to later use them on youtube etc so now what happens is that's a four camera setup it requires that many cinematographers it requires editing it requires a lot of tech support so the expenses immediately go up and until and unless we get some support for this expense we find it very difficult to invest both in the creation of the play and in their uh, recording so a basic recording done using a camcorder or a dg cam that is something we always do but something which needs to cater to a market needs to be shot in a very very professional uh, way and that's and then it can maybe uh, survive um in april we are repeating our show arundhati in uh, in, in ahmedabad darpana mallika sarabhai ji space and uh, there what's going to happen is that the play is also going to be live streamed so it's going to be live streamed through the world where people are going to watch the play as it's happening so that's an experimentation we are trying to figure out whether more people come to watch the play because now we have only 50% capacity allowed in our auditoriums and we also don't know after 2 months what's going to happen because you know the covid way the way covid covid rates are suddenly going up coming down so the situation is still quite unclear but video shooting involves a certain uh, investment yes, which does not promise a return on it so until in, so there also we have uh, we get we do get stifled because of the lack of funding out there how is the demand for plays in uh, regional languages i think the demand for plays in regional language is uh, better uh, than uh, let us say plays which are being done in english a play which is okay. being done in tamil or bengali or any other uh, language of india always finds a very uh, good audience even when we have done our plays in tamil and hindi we always find that the audience which flocks to see these plays is uh, there is there, there are more people uh, coming in but it is not always true if these plays are being done in a metro so what's really important out here is that we are able to travel with these plays in different parts of tamil nadu or any other region and then we can find that there are more takers for uh, these kinds of uh, for plays which are done in the regional language um operating from chennai looking to take these plays to different parts of india trying to take it on an international platform english offers itself as a very easy choice because if i'm traveling to ahmedabad with a play they prefer an english play to a tamil play because tamil is not going to be understood by anyone in ahmedabad so that way english becomes a choice of language when we are doing our plays but we also understand it when we do a play in tamil the kind of reach it has in south india is far uh, more uh, enriching uh, my, one of my plays aurangzeb which opened in 2016 indira parsathi's aurangzeb it still finds takers we still get calls for aurangzeb from different uh, state festivals and uh, other different platforms so it still has managed to survive five it is the fifth year uh, our costumes have all got torn and we have to make new costumes but the play it still gets called but whereas when we are looking at an english play which was done in 2016 it's out of memory nobody remembers that play and but is looking for fresh uh, content to uh, come up okay um let's assume you are graduating from nsd today how differently would you plan your career with all the opportunities you have uh i think uh 
what won't change is that I would want to work in theater. I would still want to create my theater group and possibly look for a lot of acting opportunities in theater. Uh, whether I would have come to, whether I would go to Chennai if I was graduating from NSD today would be an interesting question because uh, in terms of uh, work which is being done in Delhi or Bombay, one would one would naturally even for theater in 1998. I mean, I mean, uh, Bombay was cinema; it was serials. I mean, theater was not. For what I would have gone to Bombay, but maybe today one could have a choice, maybe of of where one can go. In 1998, also your uh, international opportunities were not that clear. Your internet was still not that uh, easily available. You were not so clear about fellowships available, etc. Today there is so much of information. So maybe if I graduate of NSD today, I would be looking for an opportunity to go and work with an international theater company somewhere, and possibly hone my skills a little more. Last question now. What should definitely change in performing arts field from your experience? I think because we have this absolute treasure of folk arts and uh, traditional arts and theater arts, we need a space wherein a person fearlessly can practice. And by space, I am talking about a tangible auditorium. a space where which is available for theater actors to rehearse without there being a major cost factor to it so we need rehearsal spaces which are sponsored by the government supported by subsidies wherein folk theater can flourish modern theater can flourish it should be a space where people can go to rehearse their plays and these kind of spaces are not available anywhere and even if there are certain government auditoriums etc by the time you get through the red tape in order to you know get that auditorium to work for you you have given up all hopes so it's very important that we have space wherein people can get together to work and these kind of places are missing and i think that is stifling uh, the 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 arts quite a bit already we know it is far more easier for a person to lie down on their couch you know whip out their cell phone and be on netflix so now to make this person make an investment of getting out of their house driving to the theater buying a ticket watching a performance come back late in the night then have your dinner then go to school i mean then go to sleep you know to make that person make this investment already so much they are facing so many challenges there you know it's impossible to shout any more to say Netflix is going to addle your brain come to watch live theater you know and uh, so in that sense if we had the space where people could congregate i think that would make a huge uh, difference we need to take away theater from i feel the hands of a few institutions and allow the general people be able to access them as and when uh, they want like the good old playgrounds we used to have you know even those playgrounds are uh, vanishing now at least in delhi i remember that every community used to have a ground to play in but we now see those grounds are becoming smaller and smaller parking lots are becoming bigger and uh, uh, bigger and wherever there is empty space to segregate it for theater is not a possibility but we need space for theater once that space is it's just an empty space that needs to be created and nurtured you know where a person can just sign a register book it in advance come and be there for 2 hours and go back i think that would make a huge difference 
bala thank you so much for taking your time and taking through your journey nisha's journey and your opinions on the performing arts it was really again as i said honor talking to you and getting your time thank you so much the honor is completely mine it was great connecting with you and talking to you and uh, wish you the very best in all your endeavors thank you thanks a lot so that brings to an end of episode 5 on our season 2 the resilient entrepreneurs i hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation on indian entrepreneur do not forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on facebook and instagram for quick updates we catch you soon on our next episode where we will be talking to entrepreneurs from performing arts landscape of india have a good day